Hello, hello, hello. It's Jan Goldstein, and you're here with me on All That Matters, our weekly positivity podcast. And I'm so thrilled to have uh, so many listeners respond that this is a positivity podcast. And I think uh, we can always use more of that. And that's how this entire podcast came about. You know, as things start to open up uh, here in the United States and uh, in some places around the world, but our thoughts still have to go to India and all that they're going through and so many countries in Latin America, elsewhere. I still see glimpses of hope in in the one area that I have missed maybe more than any other, and that's live theater. Um, I don't know about you. We each have the thing that we miss the most, and um, and for me, live theater can be transformative and always has been. Um, but for you, it might be the top of a mountain before you go skiing or where you've been hiking, or it might be a good book, or it might be a certain song, or it might be dancing. Um, Whatever your thing is that you get high on, that thing for me has been theater ever since my mom and dad introduced me to it when I was a little kid. My dad started acting later in life and then involved me in a professional theater company at St. Michael's Playhouse in Winooski, Vermont. And um, Catholic University students and uh, graduate students used to come up there to kind of get their feet wet uh, in a summer program where you basically used to put on a, a new uh, play every every week, which was phenomenal. I mean, you were constantly rehearsing and putting on a show, and I got an opportunity to do uh, several shows there as a young boy. Um, my mom uh, used to bring my sister and I to the Champlain Shakespeare Festival uh, from a very young age and introduced us to the canon of Shakespeare. Um, and I think we started something like five or six. It was amazing. And at first we just understood, you know, things like Midsummer Night's Dream. I mean, it was just, you know, like a fairy tale coming alive in front of our eyes. And then as we grew older, coming to understand more and more uh, what was going on on stage and being exposed to this tremendous language, even when I couldn't fully understand it, eventually, you know, it permeates your consciousness and stays with you. Uh, I've had... um, some of my greatest religious experiences uh, in the theater. And uh, that includes, you know, in terms of religious experience, that includes me hiking up uh, uh, Mount Sinai uh, in the, in the uh, Sinai desert years ago and uh, finding Christians and Jews and Muslims up on top, all uh, kind of praying at dawn. And it was just like a mind-blowing experience. We'd all taken different paths. I've talked about this before. Uh, I didn't see anyone on my path up the mountain, but we all ended up at the same place. And that just became such a metaphor for me that, uh, you know, we all may be working towards something. We may find different ways to get there. But what unites us is that we're we're pulling together uh, for a common vision. And I'm, I, I think whatever you find people like that, you know, something is touched inside of you and something is affirmed. And that's the way I, f- I find it in theater. Um, 
there's something about being in, a, in an audience when something is happening live. And um, one of my greatest religious experiences was when I went to uh, New York City to see the Broadway production of Amadeus. And that was Ian McKellen and Tom Hulse. And uh, I mean, in 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 Amadeus, it begins with Salieri, uh, in this case, Ian McKellen, as an old man dried up just about at death's door and um, talking about his bitterness towards God because he has granted this tremendous talent to this young kid, uh, uh, Mozart, who to Salieri is an absolute joke because he's giddy and giggly like a, a little kid, and yet he has this tremendous talent, and it's a whole question of whether is, is he worth it. Well, I'm going to tell you, McKellen goes from an old man to a young man in an instant on stage. There's a moment towards the beginning after this initial monologue where he suddenly goes back in time and we see him as a younger composer, first meeting Mozart. And there were no special effects. It was all in the acting. And it you, you had to be right there in the room and watching it happen. And you saw the magic of theater, the magic of acting. Um, it was transformative. It was amazing. At intermission, I could not move out of my seat. When's the last time you had that experience? I could not move. I was so... Oh, embraced by this experience taken by it it was remarkable and i want you to think about one experience you've had like that whether it was in the theater wherever it was at a movie reading a book reading a poem at a dance at a, looking upon a piece of art um kissing someone um uh, out on the water somewhere, wherever it was, whether in nature or wherever. Think about that moment and what grabbed you about it? What held you in thrall? And for us, if we take time, we could actually name a number of them. We sometimes forget about them. But I will tell you this pandemic, if it's done anything, it's given us time to think and time to miss certain things. Also time to gain certain things, gain introspection. Uh, and 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 gain a maybe a measure of appreciation for people we didn't give two thoughts about during the normal years, and now appreciate all the more. Um, another play that was absolutely transformative for me was uh, Tony Kushner's Angels in America. Um, it's just a remarkable piece of theater. And if you've seen it, you know what I'm talking about. I saw it very early on um, and it, it just grabbed me. And it's, it's, it's long. It's like part one is three and a half hours and part two is three and a half hours. And I saw it all in one day. So you saw it in the afternoon, took a dinner break and came back to see the conclusion. Um, and wow. Um, one of the quotes that sticks with me that Tony Kushner says in Angels in America, you'll find, my friend, that what you love will take you places you never dreamed you'd go. You'll find, my friend, that what you love will take you places you never dreamed you'd go. What are the things, what is one thing 
Um, cause I love us to, you know, this is a dynamic We we go back and forth and I want, as if this is a dialogue with you, I want you to think what, what is something you love that is taking you somewhere? It might be someone you love, but something you love, uh, some passion you have for something that is taking you somewhere. I have a friend who's became very passionate about motorcycles and it took him to this incredible memorial out in the desert um, that was built out of parts of motorcycles, this piece of art almost. Um, I guess it is a piece of art, depending on who's looking at it. And uh, and I thought, wow, his love of motorcycles took him there, took him to art. Uh, it's phenomenal. Um, one of, speaking about art, one of my favorite shows of all time is uh, Sondheim and Lapine's Sunday in the Park with George, and uh, it, it is um, a phenomenal piece, obviously about about art, and you see painting coming coming together right before your eyes um, as you watch what's going on on the stage. But in the end, uh, I'll never forget the final message. Um, where this woman is talking about the the artist George Surratt, and she had been at one time his mistress and at one time his um, model for his paintings. She was in many of his paintings, and she says at the end of the musical, "A canvas, white, empty, his favorite." so full of possibilities. And that just entered my heart. The idea that an empty canvas was his favorite because of what he could do, what he could envision on it. And I want us to think about the coming months and year and years as an empty canvas so full of possibilities. And those are the messages I take from live theater. You know, another religious experience I had in the theater was August Wilson's, whose poetry and power blew me through the theater wall. I mean, I've seen every one of his plays. And that, you know, century cycle is just phenomenal. And you come alive with the language, his incredible uh, understanding of language and the poetry and the rhythm and the beat of it. And I'll never forget that he envisions uh, in one one play, Joe Turner's Come and Gone, uh, a man searching for his wife and searching for his daughter. And somebody else, sort of like an older African-American uh, worker, recognizes this man and sees in him something that he understands and says to him, you forgot your song. A fellow forget his song and he forget who he is. And that to me connected with something that of all people, and if you've been listening to this podcast since its origins, uh, you've heard me talk about Maria Von Trapp and my interaction as a young boy with her and the fact that she told me when I became a teenager and she used to sing with me and to me 
in this grove of birch trees near the Trapp Family Lodge in uh, Stowe, Vermont. And I remember her saying to me, stopping the song uh, that she had taught me and saying, you're getting to be older now, Jan. What you must do now is find your own song. And when you find it, you must sing it with her accent. With your whole life. She had such an Austrian accent. With your whole life. To find your song and to sing it with your whole life. And that's an, a lesson I heard on the stage reflected back to me from August Wilson. A fellow forget his song and he forget who he is. What is our song that we have to sing in the coming year? What is our song that we can recapture or recompose or compose for the first time because we are renewed and the newness within ourselves, the possibilities within ourselves can break forth in song in the way we live our lives. You know, in the 2017, uh, uh, Lynn Nottage won the Pulitzer Prize and she's won it. The, she's the first woman to win it twice. Uh, she won it in this case uh, for Sweat, which challenges us to understand marginalized characters. It's the story of the end of a factory in Pennsylvania and a way of life. And it's a place so stark and real and human. And she says in that play, because he knew what was going on and you can only know that by being there. A machine was broken, he knew. A worker was having trouble, he knew. You don't see a lot of young guys out there. They find it offensive to be on the floor with their Wharton MBAs. And the problem is they don't want to get their feet dirty, their diplomas soiled with sweat. And she's talking about the um, distinction between the haves and the have-nots or those who go on for a, a, a better education, those who don't have the opportunity. She's talking about a way of life, and that's what theater can do. It can, it can embody both the hope and the hurt in such real visceral terms. Finally, I just want to draw attention to um, Lynn Miranda's uh, In the Heights was the first time just exploded to me, exploded with this, this power when he started with his hip-hop rap yeah, I'm a street like chilling in the heat. I illuminate the stories of the people in the street. Some have happy endings, some are bittersweet, but I know them all. And that's what makes my life complete. He knows the stories and it's the stories of our lives that theater brings back to us in new ways, new ways of seeing. And I just heard that Broadway is reopening in September. I just hope that theater throughout the world starts to open. I understand that Hamilton reopened in Sydney, Australia, because they they managed to get control of the coronavirus. And wow, theater is back in some places, and it's coming back. And I'll end this wonderful tribute to live theater with this from Angels in America. He's talking about people and his friends who've died of AIDS or living with AIDS. Only he manages to give hope to it, a hopeful message to the audience. He, prior, turns to the audience, and he is living with AIDS, and he's has spoken out against a society that has tried to keep it all hushed up, as if it's only a certain group of people's disease, and 
We don't need to pay attention to it. And he says, we won't die secret deaths anymore. The world only spins forward. We will be citizens. The time has come. Bye now. You are fabulous creatures, each and every one. And I bless you. More life. The great work begins. And this is the great work to reclaim life, to build it anew. Oh, the possibilities. If you get the opportunity, the first chance you get, see some live theater. Think about the things that thrum within your soul that bring you alive. Make the most of it. Until next week, and all the possibilities beyond that, I'm Jan Goldstein, and this is all that matters. <laughs>